16 Megatron, don't you read the internet? Decepticons, retreat! I'm very frustrated and confused! a black guy? I don't really want to be here. Yes, you do! You're a minority! Start acting like it! Jesus Christ, Prowl! What? Like what? I thought I thought we were starting! We were, we're starting, right? We're starting! Yo, fuck you guys! This is bullshit! I could've stayed home today! 
Gee, fellas, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history here. Yeah, Grimlock don't want to be bad person. Oh, what? Everyone wants to be a Decepticon now? Come on, guys. It's just Megatron with tits. Wow. Really, Optimus? Okay. No, that's not what I meant. I, uh... He said, Torrent, break his legs! <laughs> <laughs> Great job using your girthy ass to crush Prime's head, Curvebot! Fuck you, Offendatron, you skinny whore! I'm sexy. Don't slut shame me! It was a compliment! Hey! Leave her alone, you! Too much infighting! Grimlock can't even! Grimlock literally can't even! My box was booby! Offendicons, retreat! Transstream, protect me! Oh! The next generation of stock car racing is here. NASCAR's next-gen car is the biggest advancement and adoption of technology in the sport's history. Let's take a look at some of the key elements set to debut in 2022. The next-gen car has given manufacturers greater latitude to incorporate features into the race car body that better replicate the look and feel of the streetcar. A sleek new design has lowered the greenhouse, shortened the deck lid, and widened the track width of the car, giving it more of a coupe look. The cars you see on Sunday will look closer to their showroom counterparts you can purchase on Mondays. New 18-inch forged aluminum wheels and wider Goodyear tires better replicate what is found on passenger cars and will allow for softer tire compounds. Larger brakes, rack and pinion steering, and independent rear suspension match modern passenger vehicles more closely. The body will be fully symmetrical, which will reduce aerodynamic forces and put an emphasis back on race car setup and driver control. The new composite material is more durable and will allow for more beating and banging without loss of performance. Hood louvers will allow teams to maximize engine performance independent of aerodynamics. The rebirth of stock is here and will debut in 2022. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 7th of May, year of our Lord, 2021. Totally different intro, I understand. That was uh, from Bro in Oregon, Matt. I uh, had to start with that. Super funny. And then the reveal of freaking NASCAR. So I can get it in here somewhere. So for the first time, the primer is not a primer. It's just some stuff I wanted to play. But, per usual, you know what this show's going to be about. Shits loads of doggone hypocrisy. I even got my new hypocrisy bumper today. Uh, yeah. It's just so good. But I wanted to start a new segment before we even start. Because when we start the show, there was like this pile of just in freaking sane hypocrisy about how we're treating this regime, as I call them, because they are the fascists. They are the fascists. Keep saying it. Nobody's listening. Ah! 
but it's just such idolatry. And we go here, and this is the first one off the bat. And the reason why I covered it is they purposely had him framed with his hand. He, he tried to get the photo so he could look like Lincoln. This dawdling, just old fool that can't form two sentences with the source and a dictionary. Doesn't even know he's reading. And these are the comments from the media class. Amazing juxtaposition. Bravo, Doug. There's no other photographer out there like Doug Mills, New York Times. Always capture the moment in such an amazing way. Side note, I love this photo. This photo. Wow, what a photo. I am wet because of this photo. Which brought me to this one, which we'll talk about in a second, about how awesome this liar is. And this one, but before we go into it, I got to do my two cents. Two cents. From now on, we're going to start the show with my two cents. Do you remember that? That is 2008. And I meant to get a picture of this bag of shit because she's in the famous photo of the Obama people pissed off that Trump won. She's right in the front with her stern face next to Valerie Jarrett. This photo is bullshit. It was always bullshit. This concert was happening. The Obama people hijacked it to give the feeling that the world wanted him because they didn't believe America would vote for a black man because they're the same people running our country now that thinks America's a bunch of racist, fucking white supremacist piece of shit. And there are photos from the other side. It wasn't a full crowd. It's the way they shot it because the concert wasn't going to start for a while. The warm-up act hadn't even started. Do you remember this photo? This is Romney. It's a crowded floor, but it was a big thing, and they ran these photos side by side. They made the point that nobody wants Romney. Romney is bad. Obama is good. That's a photo from yesterday. Yesterday. He spoke in Louisiana. And this is the shot they did. If you remember the video, they never showed the crowd. And he's pushing his infrastructure. That's who showed up. It's all over the internet because people were there. We'll get to those later. So we've always had a media that is framed with pictures. Conservatives, unpopular. Democrats, super popular. They've always captured the shot like New York Times guy. And they've always been in love with the left. 
And this is David Hearsay, and, and I'm just going to flip through it because it's just everything that's wrong. All the times Joe Biden love ice cream. Joe Biden and Camilla Harris drop a playlist for your inauguration. And this is just his first 100 days. Madam Vice President. Oh, she's so great. Tomorrow on CBS Sunday, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, her husband, Doug Efford, sit down about Jane Pauley and open up about their relationship. Oh, we never did that for Trump. We never did that for Trump. I mean, really think about, most people know her as Jill Biden, but some, she's Dr. Biden. We had a model in the White House. They never talked about that. Get ready for reality ground white press briefing. Reality. They don't answer any questions. They say circle back. They're no different than anybody else. I'm not even criticizing. It's a fucking job of the press secretary to spin the yarn. The Biden team will likely have Monty Wilkinson, an unknown career prosecutor, and Eric Holder ally lead the Justice Department and Garland awaits confirmation. They're so good. I got chills. Joe Biden and Kamara Harris display their common ground. Let the healing begin. Literally get a big thing at KY. Oh, I love them. I know that's crude. After the COVID memorial, any God compared to Joe Biden and God and described the Bible. He heals the brokenhearted. He puts his arms around us. Healer in chief. Biden's about to give the most important inaugural speech since Lincoln. And then we take the photo of Lincoln. That was the New York Times. You think there was an accident in that? Oh, no, 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 no. A person close to President-elect said Mr. Biden and his wife, Jill Biden, engage in regular morning negotiation over who gets to ride first. Joe and Bo, All Trump's kids, pieces of fucking filth. John King, there's an air of cleansing about today. Hillary Clinton pantsuits were meaningful, and so too is Kamala Harris. Trump, Biden, lies, truth, ignorance, knowledge, immoral, decency, cruelty, empathy, corruption, public service. How are them kids in cages working? How sweet the sound. That was Seltzer, the media ombudsman. Mm-hmm. Not sure if this is a sign or just a coincidence, but moments after President Trump was sworn in back to 17, it started to rain. Oh, yeah. The beautiful rendering of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elijah Cumming, Looking Down, and John McCain. I love them. One of the simple enduring images of the day, Camilla Harris' hair blowing in the wind. Yeah, we covered that. This truly seems to understand optics. These images will inspire our friends and shake our foes. How's that working? Climate China said suck a fucking dick. Nobody fears this guy. He's reading a teleprompter. He hasn't had an original idea in 40 years. He's a moderate who does what they say. We play numerous sound bites on here with him. Just, I'm going to get in trouble. You're the fucking president. Who are you going to get in trouble with? Oh, you're not in charge. 
Got it. Whether or not related to the former president's absence, a bipartisan lightness seems to prevail across the stage at the inauguration that lasted two seconds, and then he told everybody in America, you're racist if you didn't vote for me. Heilman, what was so striking to me about today was the side of the Clintons, the Bush, the Obamas, the Avengers, the Marvel superheroes, Kamala Harris, the first vice president, black, South Asian, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the Republicans would really be awesome if they would do what the fuck I say, even though I'm not a Republican. And, sorry, it's like 38 outside, so it's a little chilly in the basement. Now it's not chilly. Can you imagine what the media will do with Tim Scott, who actually came from slaves, versus her in 2024? No, I don't want Tim Scott to run for president because he's black. I think he's fucking awesome. We could use a moderate up there. He is a moderate. He actually tries to work with the other fucking side. They don't want to work. They, they, they're working with you as, do this or you're a Nazi. CNN, Daniel Dale, fact check many of the statistical claims President Biden said, and we covered this. We're not fact checking anymore. No fact checky. And then we get to Megan Kaylee. Upper side, upper side book toy store. It's not a cult. It's not a cult! What is wrong with you, Tony? It's not a cult! So going back to our two cents, you then get into this, and this is Jake Tapper. How am I supposed to believe anything they say, Tapper's asked, New Day host John Berman and Brian Keller. If they're willing to lie about Joe Biden wanting to steal your hamburger... That They didn't say he wants to. They said he's doing the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal specifically says... You have to reduce beef to get to zero carbon. It's not our fault you don't want to talk about facts. That's your goddamn fault. I covered that years ago on this podcast. That's their deal. They truly believe beef production is what's killing the planet. So no beef, go vegetarian, no kids. Everybody chop your dick off and make it a cha-cha-cha. Mm-hmm. QAnon, the big lie about the election. For four years... The left said it was stolen by Russia. It's a falsehood. It's a lie. You even did an investigation. It's a lie. So Trump talks about it for two months. Gets censored. The entire media complex did it for four fucking years. I'm sorry if every time... Let me let me bring up my two cents. We don't frame the truth. 81 million people supposedly voted for this guy. And that's who shows up for a speech. I mean, you for a million years couldn't say Trump didn't have followers. You can't find a Biden follower. But yeah, they're all liars. I mean, as I was coming down here this morning, literally... On the news, CBS said it just like this. Texas Republicans have passed a bill to uh, tighten voter restrictions that don't exist. There is no voter fraud. And then they go about how uh, how horrible they are that they're doing it. There is no voter fraud, even though we've proven on here they've had people go to jail all over the goddamn country. Warnock is under investigation for fraudulent fucking registrations that you don't report 
And then they go into S1 and HR1. How important it is we get this so that we can ensure that Republicans never get elected again. That's the subline. That's a subtweet. It's not what they say. It's what they want. The problem is the Never Trumpers, they just wanted Trump gone. So when you talk about, hey, you never saw a Biden sticker. You never saw a Biden flag. You never saw a Biden anything unless you were in a blue city or a blue state. I saw Trump from here to fucking Tucson. But he lost, because 81 million people voted. Fuck those suitcases in Georgia. Fuck them. Yeah, he probably won. But there's no way, I don't, if, if you know math, there's no way he got 81 million votes. It's impossible. They were scared Trump was going to win, so they rigged the shit. They made sure he got the votes. That's just the fact. There's no way not to. And how do I know that? And I haven't covered it because I'm waiting for it to finish because the DOJ is trying to stop it. Why would they care if Arizona did an audit? Why would they give a fuck? If you won 81 million votes, why do you care? He could lose Arizona. He still won, supposedly. But they don't want anybody to go and see what's in those cookies. Why would you? Because those cookies were fucking foul. If you change 80 election laws, why the fuck wouldn't somebody talk about it? You went around legislatures before an election and changed the voting laws. It wasn't for COVID. No. No, no, no. You changed it in states that didn't even have lockdowns. People could go vote. And then you get this. This was written, approved, and liked by every major fucking media member and reporter. The awkward feeling of rooting for the White House press secretary. Half America is smitten with Jen Psaki, while a swath of the White House press corps sounds quiet, quite taken with how polite she is. Really? Really? You're going to go with that. Really? And then you get Penn. Oh, wait a minute. I'll cover the competence porn. Washingtonian Penn's love letter to unflappable Basaki. Biden admin made partner with private firms to gather online data without warrants. She was asked. She didn't answer. Just want to make sure we understand that. She didn't answer. When it's a tough question... She doesn't answer. And then you have this pen letter. This is from the media. White House must establish disinformation, defense, and free expression task force. Congratulations on your election and your administration's impressive first 100 days. We're, written a, we're writing a coalition of human rights, free speech, democracy, and technology organizations during the creation of a federal interagency disinformation defense free expression task force of domestic policy leadership. As we think, think about the next four years, we're keenly aware of the challenge, the rampant spread of disinformation poses to our nation, the prevalence of deceptive propaganda and conspiracy theories related to the 2020 elections. Not the ones for 2016 that we propagated ourselves. The Russian bots stole the election. 
Russian bots that spend less money than one Swedish dude and George Soros. But, you know, dark money, it's it's okay on the left. COVID-19 and the recent capital insurrection illustrates a clear and present threat to disinformation posed to our democracy and national security. However, weakly mindful of the solution adopted in moments of crisis can themselves pose significant dangers to our fundamental freedoms. As Justice Braden once wrote, fear breeds repression, courage is the secret to liberty. Urgent action is needed to ensure that our democracy does not continue to be overrun by disinformation, be it domestic or foreign in origin. Sound public health policy, free and fair elections, and effective democratic deliberations all depend on getting disinformation under control. But the best tool we have for fighting disinformation can pose our own dangers. In the quest to defeat disinformation, we risk enabling censorship, exasperating existing inequities, and advertently curtailing democratic discourse. American democracy thrives on inclusive and sometimes contentious debate. It requires the protection of free expression, imagination, and thought. We must find a path forward that tames the scourge of disinformation while elevating constructive dialogue and making space for robust disagreement and public debate. Oh, really? Well, the message to Russia is very clear, and you just heard it from Tony Blinken. Uh, that's what he said, and now they're meeting on Russia today as a group, the G7. It's their first meeting that's not virtual, so it's the first meeting of any of these ministers since 2019, of course, because of the pandemic. And together, they're trying to show that they can stand up against Russia, uh, that that is a very important message, uh, that they're united. And this is also, of course, part of the contrast, uh, in contrast to former President Donald Trump, placating and embracing Putin, and also uh, disavowing the allies, that the Atlantic Alliance is really strong. So Breaking tonight, two big stories involving special interests influencing the Biden administration. The president is lifting the nation's refugee cap from the Trump-era limit of 15,000 per year to 62,500. And one of the largest teachers unions in the country has had substantial input on when public school classrooms should reopen after pandemic shutdowns and what the messaging around that should sound like. Now, in addition to accusations that the Biden administration is bowing to progressives in terms of raising this refugee cap, the administration is also facing accusations that it is bowing to pressure from one very large teachers union. I just want to give you a chance to respond to the accusations that the American Federation of Teachers, the country's largest, second largest teachers union, influenced the CDC's guidelines on reopening schools. You had Republican Senator Tom Cotton saying that this is evidence of a politicized public health agency answering at the beck and call of the teachers union. So how does the White House respond? Well, I would say first that's false. Um, let's take a step back and talk about uh, how the CDC works. The CDC, it's actually longstanding best practice uh, for the CDC to engage with organizations and groups that are going to be impacted by guidance and recommendations issued by the agency. It doesn't mean they are taking everything they want or even a percentage of what they want. Senator Ted Cruz says he is fed up with woke companies, as he calls them, that oppose the Georgia voting law. The Texas Republican wrote in a Wall Street Journal op-ed this, quote, corporations that flagrantly misrepresent efforts to protect our elections need to be called out, singled out, and cut off. To them, I say, when the time comes that you need help with a tax break or a regulatory change, I hope the Democrats take your calls because we may not. Joining me now is CNN White House correspondent uh, John Harwood. Okay, there's, I mean, there's so much to talk about here. We do know that there's I think uh, been some frustration among Republicans that they've had a little bit of a schism with business. But this is something that Ted Cruz thought out before putting to paper. Right. And it's just uh, so dishonest, the argument. 
I've been thinking to myself this whole time, you know, Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, the Taliban, the people who wanted to do harm to our nation and to our way of life and our democracy, they got nothing on what this Republican Party is doing. The idea that a member of their party, of their leadership, whose last name is Cheney, could be purged from their leadership for telling the truth about January 6th. That disinformation? Or how about CNN only brings on one guy who only got 6% of the vote? President Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party. Uh, he, I don't think he's going to go anywhere ever. The big lie uh, that President Trump has said since Election Day and January 6th, they, they really shook me. A battle for the soul of the Republican Party playing out in a special election in Texas. You're concerned about the direction of the party. Yeah. What do you mean? I think it's time for us to move past Donald Trump. Okay. I think that, uh, that was going to be my question. Where oh, you good. Trump? Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the man, don't like the man, don't Yeah, like I think a lot of people like us have been in a really hard position these past four years. Like, I felt like I had to vote for him in November just because the Democrats have gone so far to the left. There are almost a dozen Republicans running here to fill a House seat left by Congressman Ron Wright, who died after contracting COVID-19 in February. But Michael Woods stands alone being the only Republican candidate to run with an explicitly anti-Trump message. I felt like I had to stand up. Somebody needed to stand up and say, this isn't what the Republican Party should be, and we've got to go in a different direction. This is a district that has been largely Republican, but in recent years shown signs of turning blue. There are 10 Democrats running the race that's expected to go to a runoff with the top two finishers, regardless of party. You're talking to people, telling a lot of voters that the election wasn't stolen. You know, these sort of conspiracy theories like QAnon are all BS. What's the reaction been like on the ground when you're speaking to, to voters here? I've had people who are actually there on January 6th come up to me, you know, just shaking mad uh, that I'm saying the sort of things that I'm saying about that day and also about President Trump. But I do think that there's about 30 to 35 percent of the party that's open to this message, that wants somebody to stand up and say this message. But that's a, a small minority of the, of the Republican Party. What is happening to your party? I don't know, and I'm really concerned about it. Three dirtiest jobs in the world. Professional wrestling, politician, and bull riding. Other Republicans here are firmly on the Trump train, like Dan Rodimer, a former wrestler. Michael Woods says, you know, what you're embracing here, MAGA, what Trump's all about is bad for the Republican Party, bad for the country. What do you say to that? I disagree with him. Um, I don't think he has any chance of winning, unfortunately. He's, he's a great guy, but uh, he's a veteran, but... Uh, I believe President Trump's agenda, uh, America First agenda, uh, was, was great with the route we were going. Trump endorsed Congressman Ron Wright's widow, Susan Wright, who is running to fill her late husband's seat, giving a late boost to her candidacy in a crowded field. Yet Wright hasn't fully leaned into MAGA in her campaigning. Instead, folks... All right, here's a question. So how much traction... Can an anti-conspiracy theory message from a Republican get in a red district? The answer is not much at all. Michael Wood, a major in the Marine Corps Reserves, ran for Congress in this special election in Texas. He is a Republican. He is a critic of the big lie and to an extent 
a critic of the former president, he finished ninth with only 3% of the vote. That first one was literally a fucking <laughs> campaign ad. I mean, you know that, right? So this is what they want. To best support the aims of disinformation, defense, and free expression, task force should be chaired by an executive director of Domestic Policy Council, and mandates should include development of governmental approach to prioritize the defense of free expression and combining disinformation, which means the Ministry of Truth, initiatives to blunt the impact of disinformation and BIPOC rural and immigration commu- immigrant communities that are deliberately and disproportionately targeted by disinformation, as well as veterans vulnerable to disinformation campaigns. You know, here's the deal. Uh, I'm sure Dennis in New York, who's a never-Trumper, is not going to agree with this, but vets are pretty well-read. They're pretty well-read. They they know what's going down, and they know that Democrats don't love America. They know this. So they're always proportionally more conservative because their whole purpose is this country is the greatest and I'm going to die for it. It's a concept you lefties couldn't get. But this angle towards vets has, and we're going to see it in the woke today, has nothing to do with actual um, disinformation. It is to get them to heal. It's a demographic they can't win and they want it. So they're going to re-educate them. And I got some good shit today for Woke that is just... Wait till you see the questionnaires. Identifying investigatory disclosure and information collection powers of federal agencies can be leveraged to better understand disinformation, supporting research in the socio-technical problem of disinformation, especially its impact on BIPOC, AAPI, rural and immigrant communities, prevalence of Spanish language disinformation in the U.S., identifying federal research priorities and funding mechanism, identify strategies to increase media literacy among children and adults, brainstem, brain fucking washing, engagement with the social media companies on measures the platforms could take to defend against disinformation, and training an anti-disinformation strategy from government officials and staff, and I'm not reading any more of it, is just fucking horrible. These fucking people just don't want you to think for yourself, and it's signed by a whole bunch of things. Whole bunch of people. It is a whole bunch of people signed that tripe, and it basically says you don't get to speak. Followed by this. This this is a Chiron. Why Parsons attacks don't stick to Biden. You know why they don't stick to Biden? Because the media doesn't even cover them. Or this. In POTUS' first 100 days, we passed legislation that put shots in arms, money in pockets, kids in schools, and people in jobs, which helped the economy and families rebound from devastating effect of pandemic. We'll continue to build back better with America Jobs Plan. Here's the reality. Trump made the fucking thing. So that's how you got it. And they're already doing a million a day. The economy was already rebounding because non-blue states were already opening. So people were going back to work. And the rest of that is just bullshit. But see, that was a lie under Trump. Now it's not a lie. You see how that works? Lie? Not a lie. It's like Obama. You can keep your fucking doctor. Yeah. You can keep your doctor. I'm just going to leave that one up. Net censor-proof teachers union dictating Biden reopening policy. They didn't even cover it. Pisaki shows Fisher-ass press secretary about teachers union. You saw it. She fucking ignored it. Then this happened this week, and there's not a single media other than Fox that covered it. 
Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps released a propaganda video showing the United States Capitol being blown up. This video was shown around the time diplomats from around the world began talks about reinstating the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. Daily Mail, Iran airs chilling fake propaganda video. Who else carried it? Nobody. Why, why would they? Why? Why, why would we do that? Why would we fucking show truth? Why would we even fucking speak about it? Here's a great segment. Here's the opening of Gutfeld. Oh, it was big news. The Facebook Oversight Board extended the Trump ban from Facebook for six months. I think we have a picture of the board. (laughs) But really, their judgment to extend the ban was about as shocking as Kat's inevitable annulment. (laughs) All Facebook did was kick the can known as Donald Trump down the road. It's like when Six Flags tells Chris Christie he's not allowed back on the rides until those 37 funnel cakes are properly digested. (laughs) But the way I see it, anything that gets you off Facebook is a good thing. Seriously, it's a bigger time waste than online porn, or so I've been told. (laughs) I've never looked at porn in my life. And if I did, it was for a few minutes at a time. (laughs) But the response from the the media has been joyful. For them, it's a major feeling of relief, like President Biden after his fourth overnight pee. (laughs) He's sort of like a snake in search of a sewer these days, uh, and he just can't find one. This guy has been a longtime troll. Deplatforming works. Um, Trump is going to feel the pain from this, and we're going to hear a lot of screaming from conservatives that this is unfair. You didn't think this was going to happen. I I remember I kept saying, I hope I'm wrong. I wish I would be wrong. I just really Um, like to bring you on when you're wrong, because it almost never happens. I don't mind in this case. (laughs) It's amazing how much they care about this. Facebook, in fact, should permanently ban Trump, they say. Well, these guys are as predictable as Hillary's wardrobe. When the Dems come up against something they disagree with, the instinct always is to ban it. They're not happy sticking their fingers in their own ears. They want to stick them in your ears, too. But for them to cheer this decision, they have to turn a blind eye to their own rotten past. First, let's talk about the big lie, as they call it. Interesting how that phrase keeps being repeated as if they think saying it over and over again will make it stick. Sorry, kids. These a-holes are the same creeps who put America through the biggest scam ever that Russians threw the 2016 election for Trump. This ongoing fraud lasted four years. That's like eight cat marriages. (laughs) Four years is an insane amount of time to keep up with a lie. Just ask Jesse Smollett. It seemed like only yesterday. Russia interfered in our election. Russia interfered in our election. Russia interfered in our 2016 election. Russia interfered in our election. Russian interference in an election? Is this a crisis? Is this a national emergency? That went on longer than a Hunter Biden bender. (laughs) And they're pissed that Trump were complaining for like a few months. Who can forget all those idiots who still maintain that Stacey Abrams won her election? Like Elizabeth Warren, who disputed Abrams' 2018 loss in a tweet from just two months ago. How is that good for our democracy? It's almost as bad as feeding a fully wrapped burrito to a dog. Sit! Oh, who's ready for his birthday burrito? Sit, Bailey, sit! Oh, sit, sit, 
Bailey. Sit, sit, and the burrito. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so cute when she tries to imitate a human. Dogs don't have hands. More airtime than the My Pillow guy. They pushed it despite subverting our institutions and creating a hostile atmosphere for Trump supporters, which leads to the other part of the Trump should be banned because the big lie led to violence on January 6th. If that's the standard, then every freaking person in the media should be banned, especially after the last four years. Again, you want incitement? That was their daily exercise, branding you evil so that target on your back got even wider. Donald Trump has been embracing American Nazis every day of his political career. You voted for the person who Nazis support. The racism, the cuddling Nazis. It was bad enough that, that Trump uh, followed in the footsteps of Hitler. I hate to make the Hitler connection. Is it fair to say that there are Republican office holders with a kind of blood on their hands as we are discussing Nazis in 2018? Mm, you are discussing them. Why is it always Hitler and Nazis with these bozos? Thankfully, some have moved on. I've been thinking to myself this whole time, you know, Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, <laughs> the Taliban, the people who wanted to do harm to our nation and to our way of life and our democracy, they got nothing on what this Republican Party is doing. Yeah, who can forget Mike Pence yelling Allah Akbar at the inauguration? <laughs> By the way, that guy you just saw was a former Lincoln Project advisor, making him the last person to pass judgment on any behavior. Perhaps he should have been more concerned about the Lincoln Project's youth outreach program. They're about as safe for young men as a sleepover at Kevin Spacey's. <laughs> it says something that Joy Reid would have him on anyway. Maybe she just loves a good smear. Just because I do not want critical race theory taught to my children in school does not. So Joy brands her a racist for simply being concerned about her kid being brainwashed at school. This is the same Joy Reid who claimed her homophobic blog posts were fake. Then that they were created by hackers, then caused by Russians or elves and global warming. She'll say anything to hoodwink her viewers, all 1,619 of them. And let's not forget that most of the media dismissed or outright lied about the summer of violence, not only excusing it, but energizing it. Chris Cuomo once said, show me where protests are supposed to be peaceful. I guess he only read the first few words of the First Amendment before a fake weight fell on his head. Talk about a big lie. As a crime wave was impeachment, banning flavored vapes and outlawing plastic bags. By taking our eyes off the pandemic ball, they harmed more people than slippery bath mats. Should always dry them. But the real story, the people who control most of the information now control all of it. I wonder how our angry white male feels. <laughs> <laughs>
a smaller version of their big lie that they propagated from 2008 till now in our media and in 2016 for four years with the assistance of never Trumpers they have pushed to this day you saw it in that Andrew Mitchell he's tough on Russia but Trump wasn't really Russia didn't step out of bounds. They're about to under fucking Biden because they don't respect his fucking ass because what he's going to do? Woke him to, get, to death? Which leads us to our hypocrisy and you will see a litany of Liz Cheney is awesome all of a sudden now when her dad was a warmongering piece of shit and she was a piece of shit just a few years ago. But now she's anti-Trump. So same team. Donald Trump were the 2024 nominee, would you support him? I would not. I do commend Lynn Cheney for her courage, for her patriotism, and uh, I wish her well. Uh, perhaps this challenge will make her stronger. I don't know. That's up to their caucus. I don't uh, welcome their participation in our caucus, and I'm sure they don't welcome my participation. And uh, theirs. Amen. <laughs> Nothing is going to stop Liz Cheney from telling the truth. That we will not forget what happened on January 6th. The truth about the election results. The election wasn't stolen. The truth about the January 6th attack on the Capitol. President Trump claimed for months that the election was stolen and then apparently set about to do everything he could to steal it himself. But snowflake Republicans in Congress can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Because it exposes their lies to the American people. President Trump won this election. The vote was polluted by illegal ballots. This election stolen. The evidence is overwhelming. Republican, Democrat, or Independent. If you stand for the truth, stand with Liz. President, what'd you get? Tacos and some enchiladas. President, do you have any comments on the efforts to oust Liz Cheney from the House Republican leadership post? She has a 19% approval rating, not because of Trump, it's because she's not a Republican. She talks Democrat. That They've rolled everything out. Look, look at these fucking, uh, I'll just go through these and read the article. Cheney making her case outlet is primarily read, read by Dems and D.C. insiders instead of an outlet read by actual Republicans is a perfect illustration of just how out of touch she is. She has no business to GOP leadership. She would be better, more at home as a CNN contributor or a Democrat. Here are the people that are now fighting for her when she was a piece of shit just a while ago, and I know it's covering my face. Dorkin, fucking Carrera, bitch. Amy Lynn, John J. Vivian, look at all these people. Look at them. This, who supports Liz Cheney. That's who supports her. 
not conservatives. They even show her legs in a thing. Sexy, creepy, what point of the WAPO photo? And we, why is it Liz Cheney? And those videos you saw, those are from left groups, not Republicans supporting her. What does that say? But once again, disinformation. Poisoning our democratic system. Uh, GOP House leadership to back Elise Stefanik over Liz Cheney because McCarthy can't deal with it anymore. McCarthy under scrutiny for roommate deal with pollster Trump critic Luntz. I think that's why he's doing it. Uh, Molly Hemingway explains what's really going on with Liz Cheney. That anyone is talking about Cheney is proof of her failure. Her job is to raise money. She doesn't. Stay on message and not undermine caucus. It's all she does. If you're pretending this is about joining the media Pelosi for impeachment, you're not serious. Yes, she knows she sees with hatred for Trump as much as she loves decade-long interventionist wars without exit strategies or metrics for success. Good for her. But that's not what her job is. And in fact, her twin obsession has repeatedly led her down the wrong path. Not only was she not a needed truth teller in pushing back against media, Democrat, false and dangerous 2016 election conspiracy theories, the big lie about Russia and its many attended problems, she was also the prime pusher of the discredited anonymous Russian bounty story. Just to keep the obvious points coming, WAPO at all aren't all hands on deck helping out Liz Cheney because they like Republicans, okay? They run damn propaganda. They're trying to keep her and her unpopular ideas prominent in the GOP because she hurts the GOP. Exactly what I said. Then you have a Dem organization. Liz Cheney's removal of GOP conferences so that she can get reelected. Cheney never apologized for Russian Bounty Gate, another article. And then her op-ed, Liz Cheney, the GOP's at a turning point. History is watching us. In public statements again this week, former President Donald Trump has repeated his claim that the 2020 election was a fraud and was stolen. His message, I'm still the rightful president and President Biden is illegitimate. Trump repeats these words now with full knowledge and exactly this type of language proved violence on January 6th. And to a Justice Department, multiple federal judges have suggested there's good reason to believe that Trump's language could provoke violence again. Who says that? The left! The Republican Party is at a turning point. Republicans must decide whether they're going to choose truth and fidelity to the Constitution. In the immediate wake of the violence of January 6th, all of us knew the gravity and cause of what just happened and witnessed it firsthand. Let's do a little background then. If you're wanting fidelity to the Constitution, I haven't seen you say a single thing about S-1 or H-R-1. I haven't seen you say a single thing about federal immigration law. I haven't seen you say a single thing about voter or a fucking gun confiscation that the left wants. I've seen you go along with all of this or be silent, which is just like going along. McCarthy left no doubt in his public remarks on the floor of the House, January 13th, the president bears responsibility, blah, blah, blah. I'm a conservative Republican. No, you're not. You're a liberal from the 90s. That's what you are. That's what the Republican is. The Republican leadership has now become the liberals of the 90s. So have all the never-Trumpers because... You care what the media says about you and what Twitter thinks. 
You don't give a fuck about your voters. There would be no Donald Trump. Donald Trump would never be president of the United States if you fucking people listen to your voters. They're sick and tired of being called Nazis. They're sick and tired of blue states doing whatever the fuck they want. They're sick and tired of Democrats coming into office and punishing them tax-wise, gun-wise, every-wise. They're sick of it. Trump was the only person that pushed back. Thus, they followed him, even though he was horrible. I mean, what does it say when a guy like me votes for Trump twice? I never liked him. But he was better than the same old, same old. They're just going to get up there and say pretty close to what liberals say, but a shade off. A 90s liberal. You guys are Democrats that don't have a party anymore. And most conservatives of conservative values is reverence to the rule of law. Each of us swears an oath but for God uphold the Constitution. The Electoral College has spoken. More than 60 states and federal courts, including multiple Trump-appointed judges, have rejected the former president's argument and refused to overturn election rules. This is the rule of law. That's our constitutional system for resolving claims of election fraud. Okay, if that is true, Liz Cheney, then why did you play along with Russia, 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 for fucking three years. Federal court, court spoke. The Electoral College spoke. You were pushing Russia bounty gate. You went with every Russia fucking collusion concept that there was. Maybe you're a hypocrite. The question for us now is whether we join Trump crusade to delegitimize and undo the legal outcome of the 2020 election, like we did for four years, with all the consequences it might have. I've worked overseas in nations where changes leadership come only with violence, where democracy takes hold only until the next violent upheaval. America's exceptional because of the constitutional system. President Ronald Reagan, I said Reagan, so I'm a conservative now, while embracing or ignoring Trump's statement, blah, 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 blah. Republican, the path forward is clear. First, supporting the ongoing Justice Department criminal investigation January. January 6th attack. Second, we must support a parallel bipartisan review by commission and subpoena power to seek the fine facts. It will describe for all Americans what happened. This is critical to defeat the disinformation and nonsense circulating in the press and on social media. No current serving member of Congress with an eye on the upcoming election cycle should participate. We should appoint former officials, members of the judiciary, and Democrats. The commission should be focused on January 6th attacks. The Black Lives Matter and anti-violence of last summer was illegal and irreprehensible, but it's a different problem with a different solution. Checkmate! Not reading anymore. That's what Democrats say. There isn't even a remote closeness. Between January 6th and what is still happening on the streets today, my friends. Not a remote closeness to conservatives. January 6th was heinous. People shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have done it. They were wrong. But to equate that as illegal and we can look at that later which means we're not going to look at it later which means you're excusing all that violence that's the reason you are not liked by your voter base it has nothing to do with january 6th sure there's a bunch of people out there that probably are pissed at you about it but the facts are the facts lady 
you talk like a liberal. You are just a person on CNN. That's why Molly Hemingway said it. Should Trump move on? Sure. But you know what? I want to say to all the never-Trumpers and liberals and conservatives who think they're fucking, or liberals that think they're conservatives and all this cabal, do you think for one second Facebook Twitter or any of these organizations would ban Hillary who did just the same thing and caused violence. She said it was stolen. She still says it was stolen. Stacey Abrams says it was stolen. The Democratic fucking caucus says it's stolen. And they said about to fix it with 80 voter laws. They said about to fix it with a voter takeover by the federal government. The answer is no, my friends. They would never do that. They just wouldn't do it. They just wouldn't. They just won't do it. All right, where am I at? Washington Post photographer set out to change negative portrayal of black gun owners by doing scary pictures of black people with guns. That that's how they went about it. It's it's fucking fact fantastic. AP fact check. Did agents raid home of wrong woman on January 6th riot as a maybe? They they did. They they did. They fucking did. But that's how they ran it. Because, yeah, it's what we do. It's how we roll. We don't talk about facts. We're just fucking hypocrites. So let's do some COVID really quick. Then there is the continued confusion over CDC guidance about masks. I did mention summer camps a moment ago. There's this from New York Magazine. The CDC's newly released guidance for summer camps is notable for its rigidity and strictness. Masks must be worn at all times, even outdoors, by everyone, including vaccinated adults and children as young as two years old. The exceptions are for eating and swimming. The guidance helpfully notes that if a person is having trouble breathing or is unconscious, no masks need to be. Right there. No mask. Right there. There we go. Candy camera. There we go. I want you to know that your insensitivity is ridiculous. 
I no longer have grandparents due to this virus because of people like you who don't want to wear a mask in the store. It's ridiculous, actually. It's insensitive and it's disgusting as a human being for you to show so much privilege to all of these people. There are so many older people in here who have health conditions, other people. Congratulations for your pregnancy. It's ridiculous. And I want you to know that. You're on candid camera. And I want you to know that. 4K. Thanks. I want to look at a few of the things from life under COVID that we should consider keeping in our new segment, COVID Keepers. Let's keep elbow bumps in place of handshakes. Let's face it, handshakes were always gross. I don't know where we got the idea that the best way to greet people was with one of the three or four parts of our bodies that are reliably damp. Elbow bumps get the point across just as well, and they kind of look cool. And I can be 100% certain that you didn't have your elbow down your pants five minutes before this meeting. Let's keep elbow bumps. Let's keep hobbies. You guys, in normal times, everybody was so exhausted after a day of working and shopping and cooking. Our only hobby was looking at our phone during commercials. During COVID, we made bread, we did puzzles, people learned weird dances and picked up the guitar. And the best thing is you couldn't subject anybody to any of it because they couldn't come over. You had your weird thing that you liked that was definitely stupid and it was all yours. Once things open up, we'll have to do other people's stupid things again. So let's keep hobbies and let's keep them at home and to yourself. Let's keep working from home, at least for some workers, some of the time. It's better for the environment. It cuts down on traffic. And if you think coming into the office means you're more productive, then you have not visited my writer's room. One time they spent the whole afternoon making chili in a crock pot. And even then, it was just kind of funny. If you want to see what it looked like, they all Instagrammed it. I'm about them. They were considered personal as recently, by the way, as last fall. It was in September of 2020, at the height of the presidential campaign, that a CNN reporter asked Kamala Harris whether she would be willing to take the coronavirus vaccine once it became available. Her response, quote, well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us, Harris responded. I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. A month later at the vice presidential debate, Harris was, if anything, more emphatic on the subject. Quote, if Donald Trump tells us we should take the vaccine, she declared, I'm not going to take it. Kamala Harris has, of course, since changed her mind. She's no longer skeptical of the vaccine, nor does she tolerate the skepticism of others. Instead, she's an enthusiastic participant in COVID theater, and that's really the only name for it. Just today, Kamala Harris and her husband made a point of kissing each other in front of photographers while wearing masks. They did that despite the fact that they are married, that they live together, that they were standing outside at the time, and despite the fact that both have been vaccinated. Now, a number of crude jokes come to mind, but for once, we're going to pass on that. What exactly are we watching here? We're watching the crudest kind of propaganda designed by the cynical for the benefit of a population they consider stupid and weak and malleable. And it's not just Kamala Harris. Everyone is in on it, even the corporate comedians. Watch this buffoon do what we assume is an unpaid ad for Moderna. Oh, but you read something on Facebook? Your friend from high school who sells jewelry, she posted it? The one who's 53 and still builds dollhouses? You heard what on whose podcast? Is he a doctor? No. Scientist? No. Can he name one of the ingredients in the vaccine? Can he point to his gabella? 
Then tell him to shut the Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Just get the vaccine. Roll the up and get the vaccine. And tell your friend on Facebook to stick to jewelry. Now, for the record, I got my first shot, and on the 26th, I'll get my second shot, and then as of January or June 6th, I will no longer wear a mask. Ever. I don't care what you say. I won't wear a mask. At one point, I missed off Liz Cheney. Do you know how many Democrats are in there that they asked the President of the United States? We're going to play a soundbite today, really brief, of Marjorie Taylor Greene. I watched a Tucker segment on it. And uh, surprisingly, like Rand Paul, she's not a kook. She's actually pretty smart. And her reason for running is pretty much the reason that most of us vote for Republicans in the hope that they'll fucking do something. So it was actually really enlightening. But in that little montage you just saw, of course, was the usual culprits. You got uh, the CDC coming up with guidance that makes no fucking sense. You have a mass Nazi, some gay guy treating the lady like shit who's pregnant. You have Seth Meyers pretty much saying, hey, we're never letting this power go. We like it because we can do whatever the fuck we want and we can just say it's an emergency. It's an emergency. It's a crisis. And they need crises to do all the illegal shit that Liz Cheney doesn't care about. I mean, it's against the Constitution, but it's got a good reason, so. Okay. And once again, at no time have I ever said January 6th was fantastic, Trump's fantastic, we should burn the country down over an election. But we did burn the country down over an election, and it was 2016. We did call into question the results of election for four fucking years. And just because you hate Trump, you can't be a fucking hypocrite. You can't get butthurt because somebody does it for a couple months when you did it for four fucking years. Four years! They're still talking about Russia! Take it over elections. We're not talking about how we have outside donors ruling the Democratic Party and taking over every district attorney job. That's not a question, I guess. We're good with that. That's just outside money. Oh, it's all right. Hey, he's Jewish. You're a fucking anti-Semite. And then we have Tucker with people talking about the vaccine. Now, that's the attitude. Do what the fuck we say. You shut your fucking mouth. Just shut your fucking mouth. It's all politics. Brett Masellis. Republicans hate that Los Angeles has recorded zero COVID deaths. No, we don't. We're not you. Even liberal media mock ridiculous, ridiculous camp shit. The coronavirus vaccine skeptics who changed their minds. The White House of Public Health experts study Americans who went by no to yes. In this, they're all black. But that's not what they're putting out in WAPO. Because why would we put that out in WAPO? Because we put that out, it ruins the we can bash Republicans. I mean, that's what it's all about. Bashing Republicans. It's not about facts. Fuck facts. 
No left-wing bias exists. Joe Biden gets a media tongue bath for barely clearing the extremely low bar, he said, for school reopenings. Joe Biden has met his goal for having most elementary and middle schools open for full in-person learning. 54% of public schools below high school marked steady progress since January. Most, 54%, an 8% increase. Because we're not going to talk about that he's owned by the you know, teachers union. Why would we? Why? Why would we? Why? Officials grapple with coronavirus vaccine hesitancy among Latino evangelicals. That's the WAPO. That's the WAPO. Yeah, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna cover that shit. And then we have this this week, and of course the media didn't go crazy about it. We didn't have a huge brouhaha over it, because social justice is more important than the Constitution and the rule of law. Developing this morning, Derek Chauvin's lawyer has filed a motion for a new trial just two weeks after the ex-Minneapolis police officer was convicted of murdering George Floyd. Now, this is routine. This is expected. This is what defense lawyers do. And it does not specifically refer to something that has generated some controversy of late. It's a photo that surfaced online showing one of the jurors wearing a Black Lives Matter hat and shirt that says, get your knee off our necks. That juror, Brandon Mitchell, also participated in last year's march on Washington, on Washington, which actually has to do with something we're talking about here. The question is, does it really matter? Because I want to jump in here because I do want to bring up the issue of the T-shirt here. Yes. With the juror and the picture that's been behind you the whole time here. Look, there are two issues here. And Joey, we can start with you. Number one, is there something inherently prejudicial about the fact that he's doing this? And B, was he honest about his attendance at events on the jury questionnaire. So with respect to number one, inherently prejudicial, we live in the United States of America. We have this thing called the First Amendment, freedom of speech. You can wear what you want, say what you want, do what you want. The fact is, is there was a questionnaire and there was disclosure with respect to prior activities, Black Lives Matter movements, et cetera. The critical issue, John, is whether or not he disclosed whether he participated in demonstrations regarding police brutality. Yes, he was at the March on Washington. The March on Washington, as it relates to the African-American communities and communities of color, deals with and relates to racial disparities in voting, in education, in economic disparities. It doesn't have to do solely or, you know, exclusively or any of that with police brutality. And so the fact is, you ask me the right questions, I will give you the right answers. He gave, in my view, the answers that were proper. And that is that, you know what, I didn't participate and police brutality demonstration. Joey, let me ask you, Joey, one question for you. If that says knee off our necks, the issue in the case before the jury was a cop putting his knee on somebody's neck and killing them as a result. That looks to me like it's an exact reference to the fact pattern in the Floyd case. Now, the question that this juror was asked during jury selection was, have you ever participated in a demonstration against police brutality? That certainly looks like participation in a demonstration against police brutality. And just in this evening, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has filed an appeal for a new trial two weeks after he was convicted of murder and manslaughter charges in the death of George Floyd. His lawyer says Chauvin's ability to have a fair trial was affected by pretrial publicity. Lawyers for the former Minneapolis police officer tonight are now asking for a new trial. Late today, filing a motion on several grounds, including what they claim is jury misconduct. 
It comes as a photo has surfaced showing one of the jurors wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and cap and attending a march in Washington during which members of George Floyd's family spoke. Here's ABC's Alex Perez tonight, of course, following the case from the start for us. Tonight, Brandon Mitchell, one of 12 jurors who convicted former cop Derek Chauvin of killing George Floyd, is defending his impartiality as a juror after this picture of him last August resurfaced online at the March on Washington commemorating Dr. Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, an event where George Floyd's family members were among the speakers. I'm marching for George. Mitchell wearing a shirt with a picture of Dr. King and the words, get your knee off our necks and BLM. During jury selection, the defense read what Mitchell wrote on his questionnaire about the trial. Mitchell, during jury selection, answered no when asked if he participated in demonstrations about police use of force. Mitchell told the Minneapolis Star Tribune his attendance in D.C. was 100% not a march for George Floyd and directly related to MLK's march in the 60s. Tonight, Chauvin's defense attorney, Eric Nelson, filing this motion for a new trial, citing a number of reasons, including jury misconduct. And there is breaking news tonight from Minnesota, where Derek Chauvin's lawyer has filed a motion for a new trial in the murder of George Floyd, citing juror misconduct. Now, the accusation comes after a photo surfaced of one of the jurors, Brandon Mitchell, at a march in Washington last summer, where Floyd's family spoke. Mitchell. Now let's do it that he was a member of the KKK. Oh, let Shaney, would she be upset? He filed it for the fact that it was an unfair trial. There was outside fucking influence. And more importantly, the guy fucking lied. That's an actual BLM march, not just wearing a t-shirt. I'm wearing a... Oh, I got my new uh, Martin Truex Jr. Real True Timber hat and the pitch crew shirt. Let me get up a little bit. Yeah. Wearing that bad boy for the race Sunday, and then it'll be race only. But that doesn't mean I'm at the race. There's a big difference. This is a shirt I wear at my house. That's a shirt you wear at a protest. That's a protest shirt. But yeah, it's okay. Cam Edwards. Since January, federal authorities have completed more background checks in one state than the next five states combined. Man, CNN really screwed up story on gun sales. They wrote an entire article based around the idea that the state of Illinois has more than 900K gun sales last month, when it was really closer to 44K. According to CNN's story, more than half of all gun sales in the U.S. last month took place in Illinois, and they even claim they know why, but we're wrong about that, too. CNN attributes NSSF as saying Illinois firearm purchases have been greatly inflated so far this year because many state residents who were looking to purchase guns at the beginning of the pandemic have only recently been able to do so. That was kind of tied with it. Then you got Axios. It's set to be a hot, violent summer. And they literally had the temerity to go through all the fucking cities that have high crime because of BLM. Then you get Quillette. When will activists in the media get honest about police shootings and they break down the entire thing that we've done a million times on this fucking show? Then you have that picture where they literally are showing black people with guns. Got to make an issue about it. Mm-hmm. New York Times, page one, trashes Second Amendment, worries about poor ATF. Not even covering it. And then we get to the Biden fucking border crisis. 
to the continuing migrant surge at the southern border, we're getting a first-hand look at a new push by local law enforcement to ramp up patrols there. The Biden administration says that Border Patrol processing facilities are no longer as overcrowded, but that doesn't mean that the overall number of migrants is slowing. Law enforcement agencies across this region say they are overwhelmed. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm going to start reading your last text. Accusing the White House of sharing misleading photos of a cleared-out migrant facility in Texas. Cuellar is one of the people who exposed the same jam-packed place that Biden wouldn't let the media see. According to the congressman, migrants are simply being moved to a different location. Quote, all they're doing is they're moving kids from one tent to the other tent and saying, oh, they're not in the Border Patrol custody, but they're right next door. They're just next door in HHS. The news has Texas officials fuming. The Biden administration is totally concealing all information coming out from the border. I walked in one room and it was empty, but the next room had 1,200 kids in it. You know, you can take a photo of an empty room and say no one's here, or take the photo of what's really happening. Jesse Maria Bartiromo last week was the first to report this. She did a flyover with Governor Abbott of Texas and showed the expanded Donna facility with all these new tents where the children had been moved. Yeah, I told my twins to clean their room the other weekend, and I said, are you guys finished? And they said, yeah, Dad, come in. I walked into the room, it looked clean, and then I opened the closet, and they'd stuffed all their dirty clothes and toys into the closet. That's Joe Biden. Could you imagine if Donald Trump said, hey, fake news media, come take a look. No kids, no crisis, right? And then next door, he stuffed a 1,000 minors into a room. This is crazy. The, Joe Biden is literally helping the cartels smuggle kids, playing hide and seek with the media, and then picks a dandelion for Jill, and the media says, oh my gosh, what a romantic. I yeah, that's some good ass shit right there. Because what do we get out? Word salads. Adaptability and sustainability made up words to say, you're a fucking racist! That's all we do for climate. It's just, you're racist intersectionality and he's swapping tents and it was a democrat that told them isn't that funny and while we're talking about disinformation liz cheney president buying town's electric car company potentially worth millions from his energy secretary that's now on cnn cnn and then we have one of obama's biggins talking about the georgia voting law uh, you know, I uh, this Georgia law. When you look at it, they really didn't. They really didn't do much of anything. And this outrage about the Georgia law, I'm just still scratching my head because you know, a lot of people are talking about it who know none of the facts. Uh, and uh, I just it's it's anyway. Uh, it's a it's a normal process that's going on. Just on the Georgia thing, you know, one of the things that struck. I, I don't disagree with you that some of the things have been. You know, it's not the new Jim Crow, but it's clearly designed. It's not designed to uh, ensure that the largest number of people participate in elections. And part of it was to hand over, essentially hand over to the state legislature kind of supervisory or oversight power that would allow them to overrule local election authorities that you can't think that's a good idea. Well, listen, I'm not, I don't live in Georgia. I don't really know. <laughs> well, you raised system. it. That's why I, asked. I don't know their system inside now. Uh, but listen, I, I've been I've been involved in enough election disputes. Uh, I used to be in the House Administration Committee. We used to look into election 
disputes. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, there were some places around the country that had local election officials. Uh, I, I was I was appalled. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know what the system is in, in Georgia, trying to have greater accountability uh, by the election officials. It was a good idea now. How they do it, that's, that's their issue. He did this in a closed location with only political supporters using our taxpayer dollars. With the only camera watching was Fox News. He is using Fox News as a state news source. Now, we don't, we see this in other locations across the world. China, Venezuela, authoritarian regimes have state-run presses. Not here in America. Here in America, we have the right to vote. We have the right to assemble. We have the freedom of speech. And we have the freedom of the media and press. But not under this governor's watch. This governor has taken every opportunity to suppress our vote, to suppress our right to protest, to protest his $1 billion tax raise on the people of our state, while this Capitol is still closed. No one was allowed in here, and now they can't even protest these bills. We are no longer a free state. This governor has infringed upon our rights once again. I decided for editing purposes to go back to back, but it was a lie. It was always a lie that we're going to do it. The second soundbite is um, Florida is becoming less free. Nikki Fred and less democratic under government DeSantis retweet for democracy. We see this as other locations around the world, China, Venezuela, authoritarian regimes that run state-run premises are not here in America. Um, Nikki, did you know that you have an op-ed printed in the Miami Herald yesterday? No problem in that media access, huh? Can you explain the problem with one network seeing him sign a bill ceremoniously? What specifically is a violation? Any Democrat talking about state-run media right now, when you have CBS saying this. Restaurants, hotels, and other businesses that survived the pandemic now face a new crisis. Not enough workers. Across the country, businesses are struggling to fill many positions just as large numbers of Americans get vaccinated and look forward to vacations. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is in Long Beach, New York. David, good morning. Good morning to you. Look, with the end of the pandemic in sight, we're all ready to travel, right? And as you get ready to travel, you're going to find that some bars, restaurants, and hotels are having a hard time finding workers. A lot of people left, and they need them to come back to work. A good example of that is Cape Cod, Massachusetts. That's where we're going to take you to this morning. Welcome to the beautiful Cape Cod, the iconic seaside tourist destination that roughly 2 million people visit every summer. Tourists are not the only summer visitors, though. Businesses typically hire between 15 and 20,000 extra workers to keep up with the summer demand. But this year, finding enough staff is becoming a real problem. We're going to be more efficient. David Colombo has three restaurants, one that boasts the best lobster roll in New England. Pretty good eating. What are you applying for? 
Colombo says he needs to find about 40 more workers. So you're just waiting for 40 people to walk through the door. And it's funny, this year you have to entice them a little more. You know, they, so. they know the situation. Well, you give them more money and so on and so forth. But, but that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, they... A little bit more demand. They have a little bit of the upper hand right now. And, uh, you know, it's better than having nobody, you know. What are you willing to pay a little bit more? Ah, uh, well, that's, you know, I wish not to say that because <laughs> they may be listening. <laughs> There are several barriers causing the worker shortage, says Cape Cod Chamber of Commerce CEO Wendy Northcross. People stay home, they crunch the numbers and they see what their unemployment benefits are versus what their potential exposure is versus their childcare needs. And they're making decisions to just kind of sit out another summer. You know, similar hurdles are threatening other beach towns. Tourism is a nearly $7 billion business in Cape May County, which is in New Jersey. Chamber of Commerce President Vicki Clark says a backlog of temporary J-1 student visas are adding to the problem. That program did not happen last year because of COVID, and uh, there is a huge backlog of these applications this year. Not all embassies around the world have opened up, and so students are having a very difficult time getting their visa appointments. So tell me, how many employees do you need? We blossomed to 675 employees during high season. So we need to bring about 400 employees. Back on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, Gary Thulander runs the Chatham Bars Inn, and he's dealing with the same problem. Roughly 125 of his employees need to get a temporary work visa in order to work for him. And when we met him, he had some good news to share. And the consulates just opened up in the Eastern Bloc countries and also Jamaica and Dominican Republic. And that's going to help us dramatically filling out our needs for staffing levels coming up. That's big news for you. It's huge news for us, absolutely. You know, it really comes down to unemployment benefits and temporary work visas. But there's also a temporary housing issue, Anthony. Uh, we were told that on Cape Cod, a lot of people moved out of the big cities, say Boston, for example, moved to Cape Cod to work from home during the pandemic. And now some of these temporary workers are saying, hey, I'll go back to Cape Cod to work. But I'm having a hard time finding a place to live while I'm there. Yeah, a lot of people moved around in the pandemic. David, David doing a bit of a short tour there. Thank yeah. you, David. <laughs> right. And some nice eating on Cape Cod. Yeah, that lobster roll looks good. Tastes looks really summer. good. Yeah, no. But guys, if the if the unemployment benefits, uh, you get more staying home than if you get a job. Well, with, with, what is the incentive to go get a well, job? Well, that's that's always that was the complaint to some degree about the the stimulus package was that people getting these checks were going to be less for. But I don't buy that. If you, you got no. Of course, at the end of that, the guy who announced it, who's the guy this morning, said that there is no voter fraud anywhere in America. Uh, Americans never fraud. No, even though people are getting arrested. No. Oh, I don't believe that. It's state-run media. It's always state-run media. All we have is state-run media when a Democrat's the president. To say... Otherwise is bullshit. And the most amazing thing is during Trump's reign, do we remember Fox turned on him at the end? Biden could fuck a panda and then shoot it in the face. And they would say that panda had it coming. So because I'm sick of playing the woke soundbite, I'm going to do... Everything is racist, but there'll be a little woke in it. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Everything is racist.
young people that they are this is is criminal in my opinion. Okay, we're to challenge them. They come in telling me that they're this or that that they're genitalia. That's how they get to to me at 18 years old. They think they are these things. They haven't read anything. They haven't been anywhere. They haven't done anything. I'm a teacher. My job is not to reaffirm them in their preconceptions. It's to challenge them to outgrow them their preconceptions. So when, as a, I, the first point was a point about the intellectual mission of the university in terms of knowledge production and the deliberation over questions, important questions of understanding about social life. But my second point is the pedagogic trust that we have. We entrusted to shepherd uh, young minds into their maturity and to, to, to jump on a bandwagon and to fill their heads with slogans rather than challenging them with the best that human beings of any color have thought through the ages is a criminal abdication. I've never been like other girls, you know, I've never done what the patriarchy wanted me to do. When I was a little girl playing Marco Polo in the pool with my friends, I would hold their heads underwater and make them tell me where Polo was. <laughs> You know what I mean? When we played I Spy, I would always spy the communists, right? I would always find the communists. And so just things like that. You know, in college, uh, when other girls were doing acid, I was the one giving them the acid, and then I would psychologically torture them for information. And so I've always just been uh, a little bit different. And that's why I joined the CIA. You know, if I could go back and tell this little baby girl something, I think I would tell her that, uh, you know, women can do murder too. We can do a little murder too, if, if we want to. Whoa, I had a meltdown. Somehow my files didn't morph. I just spent a half an hour reconstructing. So at this point in the podcast, a soundbite doesn't seem that's a filler, you know, where I'm playing a media soundbite sounds off. It's probably because I put it in the wrong place. But hopefully it makes sense to this. But something happened. It usually morphs it into a folder, so I deleted the ones that I'd used to keep track of what I haven't used. Poof! Come back in off a restart, and there you go. I restart before rope just to get a fresh RAM. And, um, yeah, lesson learned. That's a good CIA one right there, and I really like the African Americans talking about what they're talking about. We're going to have a lot of fucking racial stuff. That's why I picked uh, Everything's Racist. But I wanted to get some stuff up front. Because we're talking about misinformation. We're talking about because Donald Trump is talking like Democrats did for fucking years. Uh, we got a major problem in the country. We got misinformation. We're questioning the integrity of elections, even though never Trumpers. Uh, everybody did it for four years. That was okay, though, because that's the good team. Donald Trump's on the bad team. Got it. How about all the attacks on religion? Here's Catholic for choice. That's not a thing. You technically not be a Catholic and for abortion. I mean, I'm not the biggest religious person in the world. I curse like crazy on here. But I've read the Bible. And nowhere in there is there, you can murder because you chose not to use birth control or you fucked up one night when you're drunk. Abortion is not a sin. It's okay to get an abortion because you want an abortion. It's not a thing. 
Pelosi, Archbishop, unwavering pro-abortion Catholics, must be denied communion. MPO abortion and religion correspondent. They really think they're storming Omaha. How many journalists have been shot in America in the past 10 years? Her tweet was taken down, but it literally said she had to wear body armor to do her job. And all of this is misinformation to make Joe Biden be Catholic, because he's not. You can go to church all day. I could go to church all day, but I'm not a Christian. I believe in God. I pray, but I'm a fucking heathen. I know I am. I say terrible things. I say, God damn it, too much. I'm not a great person. And I went to war and I killed people. And I've not reconciled that with God. Thus, the split from the church. But I believe in God and his son, Jesus Christ. But I would not be one to write an article, Tony Reed is the perfect Christian, because I'm not. And that's what they're trying to do. To push he's the most religious president we've ever had to try to assuade evangelicals to come on board with the guy that does every policy that has nothing to do with religion. His wholesale love for abortion. And his inability to not judge people on the color of their skin or who they fuck. Blue Check Rider thinks people who have a problem with kids doing sex work are a real problem. The honestly thing, the worst thing that could happen to someone is their kid doing sex work. You are the problem. Kathy Ryowitz. Psychology Today. Why red states suffer greater obesity. Why might there be a correlation between obesity, obesity and voting patterns? That's a whole article. The pattern is unmistakable. The states have the highest obesity rates. Also vote a Republican in 2012 presidential election. Close to top of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Indiana. This was circling. I know it's old. Anger and anxiety. Sedentary lifestyle. TV habits. Meat eating and diet. See, that? that's the red meat thing. And that's why I put it in here. That's why it's there. It doesn't come from Biden, but it comes from the people that Biden's listening to. Over and over. That's their policy. That's what they're saying. That's what every GND climate group, Sunrise Movement, which is right fucking there, that's what they're saying. So... That's where conservatives get it. It's not fighting a culture war. That's what you fucking people are saying. The media, once again, is doing disinformation. Liz Cheney. Love this tweet. And I'll do this before we go into our racist. One of the problems with claim that white supremacy is embedded everywhere is that a denial of power, beauty, and dominance of black African-American culture in this country. Yeah. It... It kind of destroys, kindly, that's not a word, kind of destroys the whole concept. But you can't tell that with this BLM racist who's now a congressperson and is better than Marjorie Taylor Greene, which I can't even say her name, and 
beloved in the media who's saying this. St. Louis, and I thank you, Chairwoman Maloney and uh, Congresswoman Kelly for your leadership in convening this all-important hearing. It is an honor to join my sisters in service, Congresswoman Presley, Underwood, and Adams as part of today's panel. I sit here before you as a mother, a single mother of two. Zion, my eldest child, was born at 23 weeks gestation versus what is considered a normal pregnancy at 40 weeks. When I was early in my pregnancy with him, I didn't think that there could even be a possibility that there could be a complication. I became sick during my pregnancy. I had hyperemesis gravidarum, which was se uh, severe nausea and vomiting. I was constantly throwing up for the first four months of my pregnancy. Around five months, I went to see my doctor for a, a routine prenatal visit. As I was sitting in the doctor's office, I noticed a picture on the wall that said, if you feel like something is wrong, something is wrong. Tell your doctor. I felt like something was wrong, so, I, so that's what I did. I told my doctor. I told her that I was having severe pains, and she said, oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Go home, and I'll see you next time. So that's what I did. I went home. One week later, I went into preterm labor. At 23 weeks, my son was born. One pound, three ounces. His ears were still in his head. His eyes were still fused shut. His fingers were smaller than rice, and his skin was translucent, a black baby, translucent skin. You could see his lungs. He could fit within the palm of my hand. He was, we were told he had a 0% chance of life. The chief of neonatal surgery happened to be in the hospital that morning and saw my case on the surgical board, and she decided to try to resuscitate him. It worked, and for the first month of his life, Zion was on the ventilator fighting to live. For four months, he was in the neonatal uh, care unit. The doctor who delivered my son apologized. She said, you were right, and I didn't listen to you. Give me another chance. Two months later, I was pregnant again, so I went back to her. At 16 weeks, I went for an ultrasound at the clinic and saw a different doctor who was working that day. I found out again, I was in preterm labor. The doctor told me that the baby was going to abort. I said, no, you have to do something. But he was adamant and he said, just go home, let it abort. You can get pregnant again because that's what you people do. My sister Kelly was with me. We didn't know what to do after the doctor left. So we saw a chair sitting in the hallway. My sister picked up the chair and she threw it down the hallway. Nurses came running from everywhere to see what was wrong. A nurse called my doctor and she put me on a stretcher. The next morning, my doctor came in and placed a cerclage um, on my uterus and I was able to carry my baby, my daughter, my angel, who is now 20 years old, my son, who was saved is now 21 years old. This is what desperation looks like, that chair flying down a hallway. This is what being your own advocate looks like. Everyday black women are subjected to harsh and, harsh and racist treatment during pregnancy and childbirth. Everyday black women die because the system denies our humanity. As we go into Mother's Day weekend, let us recommit our efforts and support to ensure that every birthing person across this nation is empowered and feels safe. We have not created an infrastructure to support birthing people. All pregnant and birthing people deserve to be treated with love. Birthing while black should not be a death sentence. Health equity for black birthing people is attainable. Mothers and babies and black birthing people are important. We desperately need long-term fixes to support the healthcare needs of black women and birthing people. The most marginalized, black and indigenous birthing people. To systemically shift the way we approach health care for birthing, 
people of color, and respectful of Black women and birthing people. The maternal mortality crisis among Black birthing people in the United States. Black birthing people and birthing people. For birthing people. Black birthing people. And our Black birthing persons. For all birthing persons in Louisiana. That birthing people want doulas and midwives. In support for birthing people during the postpartum period. There are not enough black workers of color, leaving black birthing people with limited autonomy or opportunity to receive racially concordant care. Protect black birthing people and to- A, she's lying. B, what the fuck is a birthing person? Birthing people. It was all in place. You saw a supercut of it going on. There you have an Asian woman uh, baseball bat, this is what running errands and shopping looks like in some of San Francisco. As Asian women sent me this photo, hand sanitizer, mask, non-flashy handbag, and a bat. Citizens should not have to do this in order to feel safe in the city. The grandson of one of two women in the 60s and 80s stabbed a market yesterday, gave me permission to share his photo. She was stabbed in the arm and chest. I, I learned the other woman who stabbed, who was stabbed in the back and has broken bones. And at no time do they say they're African Americans. Yeah, we, we don't. Why would we do facts? Come on, Tony. Let's do this thing. Let's not fucking be correct because we can't be racist. Can't say it's black people killing people. I mean, why don't we do that? Which brings us to Drew Holden. This is some good shit right here. <clears throat> the left has been doing this forever. I've covered it on the show forever. But how do they fight back? Well, when they're caught in the simple crossfire of their own bullshit, and Americans now are starting to push back on woke, this is how Washington Post, a news source where democracy dies in the dark, pushes misinformation, Liz Cheney. The Republican, is latched, Republican Party is latched on a woke because it has nothing else. Democrats, there are 437 genders and the moon is made of toe jam. Republicans want media. Republicans pounce. No, it's because we consider it an existential threat, which is, is. This sort of take, let me fix my little shit here. Boom. There we go. Dripping with condescension, this serves as a reminder that a lot of colonists don't spend time outside the political bubbles. The focus on wokeness is so prevalent because it resonates with everyday Americans. People broadly think it's BS. I wrote about the phenomenon a while back. This is what WAPO opinion has become. It's a now term for tagging Democrats. It's like calling them ugly or stupid or uncultured. Of course, once the GOP and largely white male membership uh, co-ops a popular term, one may presume its cultural power has been fade. Not only is it dumb and insulting, it's lowbrow sort of way, but it also just isn't true. As New York Times reported just this week, why rising diversity might not help Democrats as much as they think it will. Post-opinion commentary on the current GOP is essentially Parker, Max Boot, and Jen Rubin sneering about how terrible the party has become and how the party death is right around the corner. It's hard to overstate how insular and foolish this perspective has been. I could share a zillion stories about why the GOP is ascended and have been meaning to write about it. Maybe WAPO would be interested. But here's just a few. A new face the GOP diverse candidate win in California. They're actually pushing this stuff. I mean, they want it. But the sort of haughty ivory tower insular takes that 
post opinions keep running, churning out are precisely what you would expect when they only voice or left-leaning out of their beliefs or necessity. It's a disservice to their leadership. Readership. Then he's right. 100% right. I mean, this whole election, if we're talking about fucking misinformation... We didn't even cover how many seats they picked up in the House and how those seats were women or diverse. We just tagged them as fucking moonbats like MTG. I think the first thing to know about me is I didn't run for Congress because I wanted to be in Congress. Right. The reason why I ran for Congress is because I was so angry at what Congress wasn't doing or was doing to our country. Yeah. And so that's what led me there. It was the first two years under President Trump when we had a Republican-controlled House and Senate, and the Republicans failed us. They didn't repeal Obamacare. They didn't defund Planned Parenthood. They didn't build the wall, fund the wall, build the wall. And there was a whole list of things that they didn't Let's do. Let's just stop with those three things because those okay. are all big promises. Yeah. We're going to defund Planned Parenthood, we're going to build the wall, and we're going to get rid of Obamacare, which passed by a single vote and was never, I don't think, had the majority support for most of its existence. They promised those three things. They didn't do any of them. Were you surprised? When I got there, I realized what was wrong. Okay, so in the real world, and in most of America, where people work every single day, own businesses, build their careers into big corporations, uh, work in small businesses, little companies they love, little restaurants, um, you know, dry cleaners, landscaping businesses, what, what America is made of. You see, people get their, get their job done every single day. They work hard, they achieve, they solve problems. No one helps them with these problems. And they're able to do this without recognition, without being on the news, without any kind of special like applause. They just do it because that is part of their life and they're used to living that way. And that's the way I've lived all of my life. But when I got to Congress, I found out here's why we're in trillions of dollars of debt. Here's why our country feels like it's crumbling. Yeah. Here's why the, the business, it's a business, that's what Congress is, it, it runs the country. This is why this business is failing and failing America is because most of the people that are there are not qualified to be there. They're people that can only succeed in government or academia or maybe they're attorneys that, that, that couldn't build their career big enough so they decided to go into politics or they're people that just pursued a political career because they love that, that life or, or what being a member of Congress gives them. And so when I got to Congress, I realized this is, this is a system that is severely failing the American people, and the American people have no idea how bad it is. They sound like losers. <laughs> I think a lot of them are losers. Excuse the low audio. I couldn't get the damn thing to get louder, but there's a brief portion of what she said. She has, like, some kooky stuff, but compared to AOC, Tlaib, Omar... Bush, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of there. By the end of this, I'm not saying that I would, like, follow her. I think she's a great gal. I think she's too much of a mega person. And I kind of want mega to go away and just get back to let's do something. I found two things. Just like 
Rand Paul, she's very smart, but she's been made a caricature by the media because she, as she says later on, put up articles of impeachment. Now, remember, the Democrats have done article of impeachment on Bush. They've done it on everybody. There were seven articles of impeachment on Trump. The seventh is when he got impeached by the House. And then the eighth when he got impeached by the House. And it was Mr. Green, who's done nothing in his career. He's just a race hustler. But he wasn't taken off committee. Maxine Waters wasn't taken off committee. And she goes into a thing that really surprises me. A, her reason why she went is about all of us are fed the fuck up with Weight Washington works. And how little support she got from the GOP, because they're too busy pushing if you're a Latino woman or you're a black woman, because they are exactly what I said they are. Frank Luntz, 90s liberals. They're not extreme, but they care about the woke and Twitter and what the media says. They don't want to give a fuck about you, the voter. Or that, even though the causes I could give two shits about, they did, as McCain did, campaign on going up there and repealing Obamacare. But when they had the shot, they just hated Trump, and they wanted to look cool. So McCain went with the Democrats. There's always somebody going with the Democrats. They like the uh, adulation, the love, the media loving them. Ooh, that sounds like Liz Cheney. Women who yelled racist statement at cop. Uh, Professor Kalunda Ray Amazu, a.k.a. Kalunda Jenkins. That's who she was. And now you know. I'm going to label her because she's a p- piece of shit. Uh, I, I already played this. Let's get into the big. Meet Bishop Garrison. The Pentagon's hatchet man in charge of purging mega patriots and stalling race theory in the military. On February 3rd, 2021, in the wake of deadly events of the 1-6 that didn't actually happen, Biden's new Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, ordered a 60-day stand-down total purge of the U.S. military rampant um, undefined extremism problem. Through the details of the purge, it was always kept vague and framed in apolitical terms. It was immediately obvious the target would be mega, with the buzzword extremism tagged onto various proxies for Trump supporters, conservatives, and opponents of globalism of all stripes. We know now the hatchet man the Pentagon has selected to carry out the mega purge of the American Defense Forces and the entire operation is worse than you could ever imagine. This hatchet man's name is Bishop Garrison, Garrison Advisor to the Secretary of Defense, Diversity and Inclusion. Silence Bishop Garrison. These are some of his tweets. I didn't put them up, I don't think. No, we're just going to go straight into the thing. Silencing, silence from our congressional leaders is complicity, complicity. He is only going to get worse from here, and his party and his leadership are watching happen while doing nothing to stop it. Support for him, a racist, is support for all belie- his beliefs. He's dragging a lot of bad actors, misogynists, extremists, other racists out in the light, normalizing their action. If you support the president... You support that. There is no room for nuance with this. There is no more, but I'm not like that. Because you're watching what he says, you're listening to his careful choice of words, and you're still willing to follow him or speak out. So, yes, you're very much like that. It's time we all step up. We are patriots. Black 44. Oh, Black 44. That was the last president. Hmm. This is just some random case of TDS. 
As a new head of U.S. Military Counter-Extremism Task Force, this critical race theory-loving, Trump derangement centering suffering, fake news generating, 100% partisan hack is the man who will now separate permissible opinion from purgeable extremism at the Pentagon, which is the nation's largest employer, overseeing 2.9 million people. Just as the Defense Secretary's six-day standout to take stock of extremists within the military ranks expired, the Pentagon issued a formal memo on April 9th describing its immediate action. This memo established the counter-extremist work group to develop implement all counter-extremism policy. Review and update the extreme definition. We'll review and update DODI blah 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 for more specific. Update the service member transition checklist. The military department will add provisions to their service member transition checklists that includes training on potential targeting of service members by extremist groups. Review and standardize of screening questionnaires. All military departments to update standardized screening questionnaires to solicit specific information about your previous behavior. Commission of Extremism Study. The department will commission a study on extremist behavior within our total force. Led by Bishop Garrison, Senior Advisor, Secretary of Defense on Human Capital and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. The CEWG will oversee the implementation of immediate action as well as development of midterm and long-term recommendation. From the above, we learn that Bishop Garrison will lead the CEWG. He will be the de facto opinion police. The group's task will be to change the Pentagon's definition of extremism to stop Pentagon personnel from being recruited by extremist groups and to beef up personnel screening to better detect extremist belief. If you're in the military, it appears that Bishop Garrison will secure or scour your Internet history, making sure to target gray areas, such as reading, following, and liking extremist material and content. But what exactly are extremist beliefs? A leaked page DARPA memo from 2021, or March 27, 21, entitled Extremism and Insider Threat in the DOD, provides a clue as to what new categories of lawful thought, association, and reading materials are likely to be scanned and banned by this extremist. Uh, The Pentagon Brain recommended a brand new category called Patriot Extremism, which occurs when a citizen believes the U.S. government has been become corrupt or has oversteps its constitutional boundary. Patriot extremism is completely distinct from white supremacy, which DARPA maintains as a wholly separate category. To DARPA's credit, they did at least add a new category for anarchist extremism, but this is going to be ignored by this guy who probably has blown shit up. That's a picture of him. So what is what is why has he got a hard hat on? But DARPA symbols of extreme and collapse on page six clearly reveal their intent to target the collage included twelve far right symbols versus just two Antifa symbols and just one for ISIS. Extremism far right symbols include the Pepe the Frog, the OK hand gesture, come and take it, Matt. Time, time out. Got you next time. Gun rights memes and Q and on. And they show a bunch of pictures of there's only an anarchist one. One. He's a critical race theory zealot. I don't care about color you are, how you identify socioeconomic status, or how your family got to this country. Stop what you're doing and read this and other pieces of 1619 Project. Of course. The country's horrific... This is something he wrote. The country's horrific history on race and continued refusal to engage these problems head-on has exasperated issues to the point of violent crisis. This crisis continues to seep into our state and local domestic policies or technologies, the algorithms of social media companies, and potentially our future, like corrosive poisoning contaminating a water table. We will continue to face the nation-ending threat of white supremacy and white nationalist extremism unless we invest in combating violent extremism, CVE programs, with this administration has cut and find the courage 
encouraged to have honest to God, difficult, uncomfortable conversation in our homes and communities about how fucking racist you all. While pundits clear, clutch pearls and attempt to convince us the 1619 project is a lie, that's really white society under attack and that we're in a post-racial society because we once had a black man as president, more radicalized white supremacists will shoot up school market stores and places of worship to assert their ideology. Reading the 1619 Project is a good start for everybody. A tweet by him, the New York Times 1619 Project, wants you to believe our country was founded at human bondage. This is Pompeo. I know this was for an audience of one, but this is pretty silly even for that. I'd be laughable if it weren't so dangerous. This goes on forever and and ever and ever. He dogs fucking Jason Campbell. He dogs uh, Stephen Miller. And the media gives those take him a platform to do it. Name of both sides. Let's all remember the treasure trove of information was released providing conclusive, indisputable evidence that Stephen Miller is a white nationalist. Did anyone believe Stephen Miller was this? I mean, this this fucking thing, I can't even go on. He even dogs people who showed the death of the cop in St. Louis. Then he has a tweet, the latest truth from Kowalian Williams and LKM Church, the deafening silence of veteran service organization on Black Lives Matter. I'm old enough to remember when a David Axelrod told us we needed to forgive Bill Maher. He wasn't really a racist. White nationalism is now and will continue to be the major issue for the U.S. military. Um, earlier this week, I testified in the Haas community because somebody did the Okais. He was the guy that pushed the military to make a big deal about the plebe doing this during the Navy Army game. I'll keep this. We will start on this next podcast. In the middle, because it just keeps going. And we're only mid-page. And then we get the testing and curriculum. This is from the military. This is put out by military militarytimes.com. I'm going to put it above my face like so, so you can read it. In this section, you'll be asked how many time, about times you witnessed or experienced behavior by someone from your military workplace that shows support for an organization, ideology, or hate group that promotes violence, discrimination, or other illegal acts. When a question says, someone from work, please indicate a person you have contact with part of your military duty. Someone from work could be a supervisor, civilian employee, blah, blah, blah. These things might have occurred in duty or off. I'll just let you read. Expressing support for the people, organization, ideology, attended or participated in events, creating, distributing, or sharing content, coordinated activities, for example, fundraising or planning events. Now, remember, we have not defined what that is. So that could just be, hey, you're part of the GOP. Hey, you want to do rights, uh, gun rights. Did you witness or experience someone from work engaging in any of the following behaviors? Celebrating or praising widely publicized notorious violent attacks. Openly supporting or advocating illegal acts of violence. Planning or threatening illegal acts. Attempting or engaging illegal acts. Meaning to have affiliation with an organization subscribing to the ideology. I don't know if I can make this one. I'll have to read this one. Hold one. Because the font is font fucking zero. So this slide... Yeah, where you at? Old one. I'm getting there. Okay, so I'm going to blow up my page and put my glasses on. 
because this is like really bad font. All right, anti-Semitism is hostility, prejudice, discrimination against Jewish people, usually done by African-Americans in New York, but we ignore it. Racial, ethnic discrimination, sex discrimination, gender identity, sexual orientation. What ideology or goals did the behavior you witness experience support? Mark, yes or no? Anti-Semitism, white supremacy, other forms, sex discrimination, gender identity, sexual, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell you what this, this slide right here, boys and girls, is literally just like the EO slide back in the fucking day. And you're going to have people report black people for calling you cracker, white boy, white bread, all that fucking shit. It happened all the time when I was in the military. And nothing happened. Just like in civilian community, the EEOC is done by usually a black person, usually female, if you're in a co-ed unit. And more often than not, they fucking hate whitey. And you have this sign, military hotline, law enforcement. That's what we're doing right now. We're just making everybody dime each other out. And most of it is not going to be real shit. Because the definition is rooted in mega. Remember, the flyers in the military, if you both supported Trump, that's white supremacy. And, you know, once again, as a person who doesn't support any of these fucking jackasses, will never wear a shirt. Not even Tim Scott that I like. Because they're a fucking politician. I will guarantee you no one that somebody wears a BLM fucking shirt in the unit. They're Marxist. But that's not on there. I guarantee somebody will put it on there. And then they'll get in trouble. Post-riot effort to tackle extremists in the military largely overlooks vet- veterans. They recirculated this article again. Because they, how the fuck SEAL Team getting there? I don't know how SEAL Team. I'm just going to leave it up. Oh, I was doing tweets for uh, SEAL Team. Because uh, they haven't renewed it. They renewed shows with less um, viewership, but not SEAL Team. All right, uh, other stories. Defense Secretary Austin calls for new vision for American defense, and it pretty much just reads, Woke. Joint Chief of Staff Chairman urges greater racial diversity in the military. This is like Tucker all over again. Lloyd Austin believes that diversity among senior ranks is a readiness issue. Is concerned about the diversity among senior ranks of the DOD. Wants to make it an everyday effort to diversity up the ranks. He strongly believes that diversity is a readiness issue. A guy's reply. Fact check. It's not. Our enemies love this shit. Somebody put a picture of fucking Ching Chong Cho from fucking China. Not being racist, but I don't know what his fucking name is. But he's a piece of shit because he's from China. And China's our... You know, China, unlike Russia, has actually fought us. It's called the Korean War. Get a book. Top U.S. generals drop up opposition to change in military sex assault policy. Now, for the record... As I'm making really roots, I'm sorry, my, I have the dragon. Let me take it out. I went up and did a um, 
lobbying for Citizen for Fort Campbell. And one of our things was this, and I was for it, because I know units probably were suppressing it, and they weren't saying the truth. So when we leave a room, I got shit from all these civilians. Well, why didn't you speak up? You're a soldier. I said, well, I didn't speak up because I think maybe we should have some oversight. I don't think it should be civilians, but I think it should be another unit, something else. It shouldn't be in unit for women. I just don't think it should. Here's the reason why. It's not that I don't trust Officer Corps to do the right thing, but I don't trust female soldiers to report it. And where did I get that from? Hey, my back is fucked up for life. I've had surgery. I'm on fucking crack. I take crack. This is my health for my back. Because any further surgery is just going to fuck my shit up. I got that way because I never went and got the profile or saw it because my job was to lead motherfuckers, and if you're broke, you lose your leadership position. So, if I'm physically fucked up, and I'm not going to go talk to a fucking doctor and get it fixed because I want to lead the boys, you think a female is trying to get up the ranks and has drive to become a staff sergeant or sergeant first class other than woke females from Portland, blah, 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 who ended up there to pay off their college? Well, they don't have to do it anymore because he's already paid it off for him. Still haven't purported that, Liz Cheney. I don't know where that is. Literally, and they're not. Because they don't want to they want to move up. They just want to move up. And then that piece of shit that did the riots and the camera but uh, of honore calls for permanent National Guard task force to protect DC forever. How's that working out, Never Trumpers? So we find out nobody was actually killed. We find out it was all a lie. Nobody was armed. They trespassed and broke some shit. They didn't burn buildings down, but we're going to defend that. Hmm. Wow. Next one. I was going to do a military show. I got some really good shit, but I'll, I'll get it in eventually. Pentagon reinforces the dedication to the care of qualified transgender individuals, including gender reassignment. Read this article. They're banning transgender people. Trans Secretary Lloyd Defense. Trans rights are human rights. And on this Trans Visibility Day, I'm pleased to announce we're updating the DOD policy on the open service of transgender individuals. The update reinforces our prior decision to allow recruits, retention, and care of qualified individuals. Pentagon to cover gender-affirming medical care for trans soldiers. A soldier like me. You're turning the military into a social engineering experiment. That's not your job. Do your job or step down and allow someone else to do it. I'm embarrassed to be a veteran. Our enemies are laughing at us. We're going to pay for people to chop their chachi off and make it a kujuki, and then they're going to want to change it back. Are we going to pay for that again? I'm just asking for a friend because I can't even get a doctor's appointment as a vet. I have a ripped stomach from here to there. It's not covered. It's considered a tummy tuck. And it wasn't because I was such a fat lard ass. It just ripped. 
I ripped it lifting something. They know I ripped it lifting something. They're still not going to fix it. But we're going to get a guy to get his dick turned into a vagina. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Good fucking shit on that, yo. It is, you know, once again, I said it on the show a million times. I go on post. It's a goddamn fucking shit show. Everything is just one big bullshit. Horse shit. Other shit was shit. All right, to do some woke stuff. Self, uh, some felt unsafe. Law student gets a lawyer after quoting a legal opinion, including a racial slur during Zoom session. People lost their minds. In an after-class Zoom discussion, group of Rutgers Law with three people, one student read from a 1993 legal opinion and included a racial slur. slur. Zoom session was recorded and leaked, and someone felt unsafe, and a student got a lawyer because they're going to get in trouble for it. Yeah, it's the same thing as the New York Times. Mayor London Breed says San Francisco is implementing a guaranteed income for artists and Pacific Island mothers. Providing guaranteed income helps to ease the financial stress that so many of our vulnerable residents are facing. As we get on the road to recovery from COVID-19, these programs allow people to live healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives without having to constantly worry about how to pay their bills, afford rent, food, or blah, blah, blah. So we're giving money by race. Yeah, that's not racist. That's not against the Constitution, Liz Cheney. Tensions are boring, boiling. <laughs> they are boring. At UT Austin over the eyes of Texas. Students are refusing to work. A man with a gun crashed reversal event. Nearly 180 faculty have signed a new petition calling for the song's remo- removal. The dust-up over the plaque is a latest example of UT Austin officials standing by the eyes over pleas of the university distancing itself from the alma mater because at one time it was a minstrel song. Okay. Thanks, CNN, for breaking out that fucking minstrel Jim Crow shit. It is now proven to be false. Coaches expressed frustration after no HBCU players were selected in the NFL drive. Hey, here's a note to self. A lot of division below the division ones didn't get recruited. There's a shitload of motherfuckers that were on winning teams and didn't get recruited. Yeah, racism and shit. Texas County Dems reject resignation of a politician who called Senator Tim Scott an Oreo. And he's a white guy. But he got a D-binder's name. Okay. Then you have this article from uh, NBC News. Black man enslaved by white restaurant owner could be awarded 500K court rules. Read the article. He wasn't enslaved. This fucking shit. This fucking shit right here is just just unfucking believable this shit right here is unfucking believable three landlords try kicking her out in one year can she last much longer she's an illegal immigrant and she hasn't paid her rent but yeah fuck those landlords yeah how about fucking uh pressler She's been collecting her rent while she's saying it's landlord day. Got Baba Dee, Baba Boo. 
Editor-in-chief couldn't walk past a white person without shaking. A Denver student and editor-in-chief suggests white supremacy is to blame for recent shooting towards Asian Americans. She said she used the phrase, China virus is one of the components. The editor-in-chief of the University of Denver campus newspaper wrote her an op-ed expressing her anger towards white people about the Atlanta shooter targeting Asian women. Shooting cannot be defined and or where one must pick between gender and race, wrote editor-in-chief D.U. Clarion Kina Marson. Dear white people, that's not racist. No, that's not fucking racist. Why would you think that's racist? Why? 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 I'll just get this over. This is pretty funny. I keep on hitting on it, so what the hell. To make matters worse for Seltzer, his own show performed better last week when a replacement host was there. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. I fucking hate that guy. I fucking hate that guy. Back to the fucking letter. Marson denounced any choosing not to speak out. The event was committing microaggressions. Marson also accused the faculty and administrator of crowding out racial minorities. Your administrators, okay, whatever. Racial minorities. Hmm. Taxpayer-funded PBS rewards Yamachi Alcindor for a dedication of garbage journalism. Yamachi Alcindor is named host of Washington Week. I'm honored to become the next moderator of Washington Week, a show that meant so much to Gwen Eiffel when she held this chair. My guiding light will be focusing on impact of politics and everyday people and vulnerable populations. Join me this Friday. So black people can't get ahead because we're a racist country and we're just filled with fucking racism and white supremacists is fucking everywhere. But that piece of shit who fucking lied and said somebody said that somebody told her that somebody said they overheard somebody saying or somebody somebody said China flu. And then she goes up and literally goes prostate and licks Biden's taint in the first fucking press conference. But yeah, we got systemic racism. And last but not least, we've covered a lot of weird shit on this show about what is racism from milk to words to thoughts to just stuff that you just go, what? mispronouncing names like my real name that's never been pronounced right well today we find out sidewalks are fucking racist Mm. and if you didn't know that you need to ask somebody because you're a white supremacist because you don't know alan are the sidewalks at northwestern too white When I first got to Northwestern, I wondered why walking around a campus could be so frustrating. Even when sidewalks were relatively empty, 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 I would often have to walk around people to pass without bumping into them. At first, I chalked it up to the geographic diversity of people. Maybe the people that came in the school were used to different ways of moving through the public space. But after talking to my black friends about my experience, they echoed it. People at this predominantly white school cannot move out of the way or move out of our way on a sidewalk. This is one of the many reminders that diversity does not mean inclusion at NU. Even though the university has worked to increase the number of black students here, that doesn't mean we're welcomed with open arms. Belina Nicola Richard, if you got a hyphen name, you're a douchebag, a sociology professor at the University of Richmond, laid out a set of five questions to determine whether one's university is racist. Number one. Which group or groups feel most at home at the campus and which ones feel like they're unwanted? Number two, 
Whose norms, value, and perspectives is the institution considered to be normal or legitimate? Who does it silence, marginalize, or delegitimize? Three! Or, or three, like Jeopardy, because that's racist now. Who inhabits positions of power within the institution? Four! Whose experience, norms, values, and perspectives influence an institution's laws, policies, and system evaluations? And five, whose interest does the institution protect? At this school, the answer to most of these questions is white people. And it goes on, literally. So why do my black friends and I feel that we're being pushed off the sidewalk? At no time in this whatever the fuck it is. Does he talk about the phenomenon of motherfuckers doing this? This is why they bump into people. It's not because of your skin color. You could be a three-dicked green Venusian. They don't fucking see you because they're on their fucking phone. I've been bumped in all sorts of times. I didn't have a problem with it. I just realized they're dumbasses that don't know how to not walk with a phone. They're on their phone. And then our final is Mark Lamont Hill loses his shit because a black man won't be black like him. Vernon Jones tweeted, and I quote, On day one, through executive order, I will immediately instruct the Georgia Department of Education to prohibit the teaching of critical race theory within our public schools. It's time for our schools to stop teaching our kids to hate America. The man behind that tweet, Vernon Jones, he is here with me right now on Black News Tonight to have a wonderful conversation. Brother Jones, so good to see you. I, I want to start off, and we have plenty of time, so I want to make sure we flesh all this out. Uh, I have just a couple of questions, just for just clarifying questions, so I understand where you stand. You want to completely ban critical race theory in Georgia public schools. Is that accurate? That is accurate because of the contents of it. I think that it clearly needs to be okay. reevaluated. What it is doing is just creating an environment that is hostile towards one race or another. I don't think we should be in that posture. I think there's a way that we can strike a balance where nobody, no child feeling like, hey, because of my race, I'm paying for something I had nothing to do with. So that's all. I just think it needs to be redone, revamped, and amended. Okay. What is critical race theory? Well, actually, I think it's different depending on who's teaching it and how they're teaching it. I think you can agree with that. Uh, We were taught that Christopher Columbus discovered America. Well, you and I both know that Christopher Columbus got lost. People are already living here. Um, But there are those who are using their own ideology and their own party affiliation to go to the extreme. And that's all I'm trying to address here. But but what does that that have to do with critical race theory? Uh, uh, Let let me just pause for one second. I'm I'm trying to understand, though. You you oppose critical race theory, which I understand. I'm just asking, what is it? What is the thing you define it? Like, for example, if I said I'm against creationism, I would say creationism is X, Y, and Z, right? If I said I was against the teaching of sex education, I'd say, well, sex education is X, Y, and Z, and I'd have a basis for it. What is critical race theory? Well, first of all, again, I can tell you, but it's left up for you to understand. I can't make you understand. Fact of it is, the critical race theory, even on its basis, should not be taught in our schools, period. Now, if you can't understand- But what is it? If you want to debate, well, to me, what it does to me, 
my interpretation, as well as many others. No, not what it does. What is it? How do you define it? I'm going to ask you to define critical race theory because my audience may not know. Well, Say it again. you don't know. And you haven't, I said, obviously you don't know and you haven't told your audience. But again, <laughs> how I see it and how I don't know. Received, well, well, then what is it then? No, what is it then? Okay, well, I'm happy to answer me. that for you. But you're, well, you're, you're saying. You. Just answer. I'll tell you what, just I, I, answer I will. for me. I, absolutely. Into debate. Okay, I'm waiting for you to answer. Go ahead and answer. I, 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 I will. I, 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 just no, hold just on answer. one second. Just answer. You're, you're saying that on day one, answer on day one, on day one, Answer you're, the question first. I, I, oh, answer the first question. I, I, I promise I'll answer your question. Well, I want you to answer before you move on. Uh, that's fine. But what you, is it? You can't I, tell your audience I, what it is? I think you, I'm, I, if you can't tell your audience what it sir, is. Sir, I'm going to answer. Is that what you're saying, All sir? Right, in order, you tell me you can't tell your audience. In what order for us to have a conversation, we can't talk over each other, brother. I'm happy to answer your okay. question, but I want to finish my question okay. on my show. So what I'm saying is on day one, you've made a statement that on day one, you're going to have an executive order to ban something and you have yet to define what the thing is you're going to ban. I'm happy to answer it. I happen to have expertise in this area, but I would think oh, because you are okay. going to make your you're going to make you're going to make as an as, as an executive order a ban of something, I would think that you would have okay. a definition of it. You've told me what it does. You've oh, mentioned Christopher okay. Columbus, which has nothing to do with critical race theory. Crystal, critical race theory you asked me to answer your question. There's plenty of time. We can go three segments. We got all night. So we'll, we'll have all the time in the world, brother. But I do want to answer. answer. I didn't ask you for an editorial. I asked you to so, answer, and you went through editorial. And let me say this. Okay. First of all, okay. so, I'm on your so, show. So, so, so critical race theory. Me. I didn't ask to be on your show. Let's be clear. Now, I'll let you talk. Now, allow me to talk. You dial into me and ask but me you to, to come answer on your question. show. You're not correct. So don't pull that card that this is your show because I got drafted. I didn't try for your team. You asked me to come on your show. So let's be clear <laughs> about it. You have not answered what is the critical race theory. Because no matter what I said, I told you I would ban it. That's it. Now you tell me what it is. Tell me, since you're the expert. Sure. Because you, you did so-called experts. Did yeah. you write so, it? So critical. So, so, so did you write it? Did you write it? You're the expert. It, did you write it? Okay. So what makes you expert? What so makes you expert? What makes me an ex what makes me an expert yeah. is that for the last 15 years yeah. I've been a trained scholar with an Ivy League PhD who has written and studied race. What makes me Where's an expert is that I have lectured widely around the world on critical dollar. race theory. PhDs come a dime a dozen. So, so because you have a PhD, you're an expert. But what county? No, I, I don't actually. So, so, yeah, actually, 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 PhD does make you an expert. Actually, don't pull that PhD. Actually, sir, what it says is that you walk around like you got a PhD, but you know what? You're you're just as dumb as two left shoes because because you're a PhD. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! We're not, we're not, we're not. Sir, 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 sir. Here's what we're not going to do. Here's what. Yo, y'all gotta, gotta mute his mic. Y'all gotta mute his mic. Y'all got, y'all got, y'all gotta mute his mic. This is what I'm saying. If you, if you talk over me, call. We're not gonna name call on the show. I have not name called you, sir. You have come on the show. You're a black Republican. I have not called you a name. I've not called you an Uncle Tom. I've not called you a handkerchief head. I've not called you a Sambo. I've not called you a, a, a shine. I've not called you a ham bone. I haven't done any of that. So you're not gonna come on my show and call me dumb. What I will tell you is that critical race theory is a theory that actually emerged out of critical legal studies. It is a theory that makes an attempt to understand the law through the lens of race, and it, it's founded on some fundamental presumptions. One is the intractability of race and racism, meaning that it's, a ra it's an intractable problem in America, and that we have to use the lens of race to make sense of things. It also is based on uh, the use of counter stories. Listening to the, as Derek Bell, the critical race scholar, said, the voice is at the bottom of the well to make sense of the world and to make sense of, of, of the law. These are two big theories, two big pillars of it. And so what we want to do, if you want to ban it, you have to explain to me why. 
But the problem is, all these Republicans, all of these scholars, they, uh, excuse me, all of these Republicans, all of these non-scholars, they say, I'm going to ban critical race theory, and they can't answer it. And then he says, well, if you can't answer it, then you must not know what it is. It's like on something like he who smelt it, dealt it kind of logic. The fact of the matter is he can't define it because he don't know what it is. They look for things to ban, to signal to white people, hey, I got your back. They ban things that aren't even an issue. There is no public school teacher in America who is attempting to, there is no public school teacher who is attempting to put critical race theory in schools. Critical race theory isn't even taught in high school. It's not even really taught in college. It is taught in law school and it has increasingly been taught in graduate school because it is a set of theories and understandings to make sense of our lived realities through the law and through everyday life. Those are the things we should be talking about. So if you want to be a black Republican, your first day in office as governor, which you ain't going to be because you ain't going to beat Stacey Abrams as a black Republican. You only in the line because the line is short. But if you want to do this, your first thing, not to ban bullying, not, not, not to try and do something against the violence in LGBT students, not to do something about the gap in, in resources. You, instead, you're going to ba ban a theory that nobody's trying to bring in in the first place. That is a smoke signal to white America and really to white racists. That sums up the race hustling industry in a nutshell. You either think and speak like us, or you ain't real black. The President of the United States got elected on, if you don't for vote for me, you ain't black. Which brings us to our lighter fare brought to you by Matt in Oregon. He started the show and he'll finish the show. We are now canceling, canceling bums. There are over 500,000 homeless people living on the streets in America. Forgotten, unheard, holding problematic opinions. That's right. Some homeless people are bigots, which is why Canceled Hobo has created a database of problematic homeless people so you know you're not feeding anyone with the wrong opinions. The idea came to me when a homeless man told me he didn't believe in white privilege. What was I supposed to do? Call his boss? <laughs> That's when I realized there had to be some way to hold the homeless accountable. So we developed Cancelled Hobo. Cancelled Hobo uses facial recognition technology to allow you to read and write reviews of homeless people so that you don't end up funding bigots. I remember a few years ago I gave a homeless person some leftovers, only to discover that he was only homeless because he had been fired for a racist tweet. I was really horrified. It was like I was undoing the hard work of anti-racist activists. Thankfully, with Cancelled Hobo, now I know when to help a starving person and when to keep walking. Cancelled Hobo lets you know which homeless people have problematic opinions and which ones should be fed. Cancelled Hobo, allowing white liberals to help the homeless with a clear conscience. No one's buying our app. You should have marketed to a demographic that cares about poor people. Hey folks, thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this cartoon, please like, share, subscribe, comment. And if you want to help us make more and get early access to content, donate at patreon.com slash freedomtunes. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. That was some funny-ass shit. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please share this with family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com for the this show in audio and video and audio format, the last show in video and audio format, and a link to go see all the videos on Rumble and all the 500 and some odd crazy podcasts over there on SoundCloud. Make sure you can disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes. We're going to shoot for the next podcast being uh, shit. 
Let's shoot for the 12th. We'll shoot for 12 May, Year of Our Lord, 2021. As always, I thank you all for listening, and you take care.